0: This episode of the Cold Shower Podcast is brought to you with support from Strong Brew Cold Brew Coffee. It is a fair trade organic coffee, all natural, two ingredients, coffee and water. What else do you need? Nothing. I've been pounding this stuff since I got a case of it. It keeps me energized. It starts my day out right so I can be effective at my job, with my hobby, In fact, I had two cans this morning before recording this podcast, and I am feeling great. So find out where you can get yours at drinkstrongbrew.com. guest today is my youngest brother, Micah Kramer. For those of you that don't know, the Kramer brothers roll deep. Five deep, in fact. So he is the last one in a long line of Kramer brothers, and I wanted to bring him on this podcast to get his perspective on social media and our use of social media, his peers' use of social media, his personal use of social media, because he is 18 in the year 2018, and basically social media has probably been a part of his life, maybe for over half of his life or at least since he first got um, a smartphone. And so that looks very different for him with his age than it would for some of us where maybe social media has only made up a less than a quarter of our lives. Um, And so I wanted to get his perspective. Micah, thanks for being on the show, man. No problem. No problem. All right. So can you give me your perspective or what you think it looks like for you and your peers on their everyday social media use?
1: Okay, Um, as you said, social media has been a part of my life for over half my life, and I almost feel like it kind of raised me, like I was, as soon as I was old enough to use social media, it was already there, so I guess it did kind of raise me in that aspect, and part of it being our everyday lives is, I feel like Everybody my age, almost everybody starts out their day the wrong way because we all use our phones as our alarm clock. We wake up with our phone, we immediately check our Snapchat streaks, we check our likes that from we posted the day before and it's immediately starting your day on your phone. A lot of people will just sit in their beds checking it for 10-20 minutes and that's how you start your day. That's just flat out the wrong way to start your day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think that we're all guilty of that. I know that I have been, and that's something I've had to really be conscious of because there's that need to check social media and see what has taken place since you last went to bed. And to check that right away, I know that it sets me off on the wrong foot. We had talked earlier where um, we discussed kind of the whole circle of social media where people can fall into the trap of checking Facebook. After that, you check Twitter. After that, you check Snapchat. After that, you check Instagram, and by the time you've done all that, 20, 25 minutes has gone by. There's probably something new on Facebook, yep. so you jump back to that, and you keep going over and over, and just, it <clears throat> ends up being a major time suck. Uh, so besides the mornings, for you or your peers, what does the use look like the rest of the time? Maybe more specifically, in school. Because for me, I graduated high school in 2008, and I think the first iPhone came out in 2007. There was a very lucky few who had one of those. And so those didn't really start to pop up on a large scale until a couple years into college for me. So I just had a regular phone that had like a limited number of text messages. That was really about the worst thing that people were doing in class was texting. Mm-hmm. Now I think there's so many more options available for people to look at things on their phone. How often are people using their phones in school now?
1: Um, constantly. Uh, there are people that watch Netflix during class. People bring in their earbuds, bring in headphones, and they'll even hide the earbuds and listen to music while the teacher's doing a lecture. And our school tried to get rid of this phone issue by, at the beginning of class, they would put a bunch of pockets at the end of the classroom, and we could each put our phones in them at the beginning of the hour. And as soon as they introduced that at the beginning of the year, I thought in my head, this is going to last a couple weeks and then we're going to stop putting our phones back there. What do you know, a few weeks later, at the beginning of class, people would just walk back, act like they were putting their phone in there, and then not put their phone in there, and then the rest of the hour we'd just be on our phones. And the teachers didn't really stay super disciplined with it either, and they just kind of let it slide. And every, every spare second in class, you would go on your phone and as soon as you feel like you had a break in, in the hour, you would just go on your phone and then that would drag on to when something important in class is actually going on. You'd, you wouldn't be done with your phone yet and you just drag on that time and it'd start to really distract you from what's really important in class.
0: Do people talk like face to face in class anymore? Because that used to be the issue was like people in the back would sit there so that they could talk to each other. Does that still happen or is it more just like sending Um, funny memes to each other or something?
1: I'd say it's both because it's really amazing that you can be in a class with all of your best friends and you will still be on your phone the whole hour. And I'd say that you still talk to each other, but most of the conversation consists of things that you're looking at on your phone. So you're going to be talking about funny videos that you're seeing. You're going to be talking about text messages between you and other friends that may not be in the class. So a lot of it leads to gossiping. A lot of it is just innocent, funny stuff, but really most of it is just unhealthy things that it's just, it's just not a healthy habit to be constantly looking at a screen when you should be either focusing on the task at hand that the teacher is lecturing you about, or just having a healthy conversation with a friend.
0: Right. You're only being stimulated from this device not in the, in the ways of old, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah, like if you could, we, we also talked about this yesterday as we were prepping for the episode, we talked about happiness and how people judge their happiness as, as a whole. So, you know, whether a society would say that they're happy or not, not just individuals, but large scale groups of people. And I asked you if you thought that your, Um, generation or people your age overall would consider themselves happy and before you give your answer I want to read a snippet from a book that I'm um, currently reading right now called The Hacking of the American Mind and has been super interesting. It covers um, like Americans addiction to sugar to technology and all these things and how there's kind of this corporate control over our brains right now and so they're talking about in the book how there's an actual um, link between anxiety and depression and the amount Of time people spend using their cell phone now they give the caveat of they don't know if it's correlation um and causation meaning are people depressed because they check their phone or do people check their phone because they're depressed and Mm -hmm. so we don't know which one which one it actually is but tell me do you think that your generation and by generation i mean um, people about your age are they happy
1: you know it's It's such a hard thing to say because everybody's going through different things, but I'd say as a whole, I'd say we think that we're happy enough, but we don't really have any underlying sense of joy, and we, with our technology and with this, just this shallow false sense of security that it provides, when we're sitting there on our phones all day long, it really just provides us with a a good enough feeling. Because it's just kind of getting us through, getting us through, but it's not giving us any joy, it's not giving us any value, and it's just, quote unquote, happiness. It's not It's not joy at all, and I really believe that, I believe that it's not a full causation of depression, but I believe it acts as sort of a, a little push. So mm-hmm. if you're kind of on the edge, it acts as a tipping point, because... Let's say you're, you're on the verge of depression and you're sitting on your phone all the time. It's not giving you any value. Most of the stuff on there is negative. And a lot of the things that people say on social media, they wouldn't dare say in real life. Mm-hmm. So people get really carried away. They say some terrible things. You will see some terrible stuff out there. So it really acts as a tipping point. So the correlation between depression and technology is definitely real. I don't know if it's the specific causation, but I definitely think it's a major tipping point.
0: And you're speaking more like a 19 year old than an 18 year old. <laughs> um, no, I, so you're kind of defining happiness as um, maybe more of like a short burst. So people in uh, your age are getting these short bursts of happiness or satisfaction from their use of social media. So, boom, somebody liked their photo. That's a quick little burst, yep. but it's not a long term joy or Mm -hmm. contentment. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, understand what you're saying. I also want to jump back to what you said about people who are willing to engage in such a way on social media that they wouldn't do in person. And I've mentioned in the past how that kind of drove me to create this cold shower, um, operation in which we can give people more of a chance to really share their thoughts, or I can share their thoughts Mm -hmm. through blogs or whatever. And, um, too, too often, people are limiting themselves to just these short sentences that they're spewing on Facebook real quick. People aren't really thinking, oftentimes, before doing the act of hitting the send button or the enter button to put whatever they want on Facebook. But what I think is different between you and me is that a lot of the interactions that you're having on social media are with people that you'll go to school and see them the next day, as opposed to me... I may interact or look at somebody's status on Facebook and it's somebody that I haven't seen in five years. Like, what is that like to go and see those people and have to react, I guess, in person sometimes to what they've said or what you've seen? Yeah. Or yeah. do you just let it go? Um, I feel like, I don't know if I'm the
1: only person that thinks this. I'm at least one of the few people that thinks that it is really weird that we're constantly communicating with people that were around at school most, mostly like there's girls that will just Snapchat their best friends while they're in the same class. They'll just send a picture of nothing and they will be Snapchatting four to five people that are in the school with them. Just send a picture, send a picture, send a picture just like that. Total waste of time. And sometimes like, am I crazy? I feel like I'm going crazy. Is that is that weird that they're doing that? How come they don't think that's weird? I think that's super weird. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, people feeling the need to post things without thinking, it's just... And also, as you said, you're keeping up with people that you haven't seen in five years. And I feel like that should be what the original intent of social media was, to catch up on people that you might not see very often, to... Maybe communicate um, more important things to people that you want to catch up with, and I feel like we've totally taken social media way too far to the point where com- we're communicating constantly, communicating unhealthy messages, worth worthless messages, and it's just it's becoming really unhealthy.
0: Yeah, I agree um, with what you're saying. My wife and I, as we we're kind of like joking about some of this stuff and just how absurd it is because. What makes this so interesting is that it's really a recent development. So like I said, there weren't really smartphones 10 years ago. And now it's just like exploding. So not only is there a smartphone where people can Google things that they want to find, um, but there's all this other stimulation coming from all these other apps and all these other interactions that they can have with people at all hours of the at all hours of the day. And we were talking about like how difficult it would be to have to explain to like your grandparent 30 years in the past of like what facebook is or what a like on a picture is and we were laughing about like how we would even begin to try to explain what that was like so we'd be like talking to our grandparent 30 years in the past and be like yeah so i got a new dog i posted a picture of it and there's this girl that i'm friends with on facebook and your grandparents are like okay what's facebook and you're like it's too complicated to explain and this girl, I never really liked her that much, but she liked the picture of my new dog and it made me happy. So I think I kind of like her a little bit more hmm. now and just how like hard that would be for them to have to wrap their minds around that. Yeah. And it is really absurd to think about the interactions and how we're valuing those interactions. So i want to jump to like the like button specifically and how that can be. Um, a quick insert, a quick surge of dopamine for some people When they get on their Facebook And they're yep. like I put a status And now I have 15 likes There's 15 people that agree with what I'm saying That makes me feel good um, And just how now it's causing us to like Value the opinions of people Who really aren't playing an important role In our everyday life yeah. And I've had to like remind myself of that too As I've kind of had to become more involved In social media Because of the cold shower thing And sharing a little bit more about my life. And I'm trying to stay genuine with that. And it's really hard to do. Um, But I have. I've started to like value the opinions of some of these people who they're not there with me every day. They're not really um, being a positive force in my life on a daily basis. But I'm valuing what they're saying. And then I have to remind myself like actually Taylor, the people uh, whose opinions matter the most are the people who don't have social media. So people whose opinions I really care about are my grandpa grandpa doesn't even know what snapchat is and he was trying to figure out what it was a couple hours ago when we were talking to him and but his opinion means a lot because he's going to tell it to me in person my father-in-law he doesn't have a facebook but his opinion of me or the lessons he teaches me are very important yep. yet i'm for some reason putting stock in the likes or whatever of these other people that i'm not seeing every day so i, th- I just think that that's interesting especially for you since you're Still in a building where you have access to all your friends uh-huh. for a large portion of the day, and just how uh, I guess different that is for you than it is for me. Yet, social media is a big part of both of our lives. So, cyberbullying, do you know anything about that? Uh, a little bit, yes. Okay. Have you engaged in any of that? Have you ever been targeted by anybody with cyberbullying? Um,
1: I gotta say, early years, middle school, people really abused it, and we didn't understand the power of what was going on because it's so easy to send a simple message, it's so easy to gossip when you're constantly connected with your friends, and which makes it just unbelievably easy to pick on somebody because you can say something to them that you would not say to their face, you can say something behind their back and you really can say whatever you want. And I see that as being really abused because sometimes people that send the messages, they don't value what they're saying, they don't value what other people are saying, and and to them that message has no meaning. But to the person that's receiving that negative message, they take a lot of value and meaning from that message. And that really can carry a lot of weight on them, and that can really cause depression, that can cause anxiety, because the person that sent it is just, they don't really care what they're saying. They're just saying a bunch of stuff to get attention, a bunch of negative stuff, whatever. But the person that's receiving it, they really can have the habit of finding their worth in what other people say. Mm -hmm. And when you're constantly connected through negative messages, it'll really tear you down, and that's a major
0: issue with kids my age today. Yeah, so it's crazy like you sometimes you see um like celebrities who post on Twitter and say they have a million followers and then just how many of the comments are like hatred full of hatred like people wishing their death and all these things that like you said they probably wouldn't say in person but it's just that ability to like just put out whatever garbage you're thinking at the time within seconds and then you're not having to worry about the repercussions. From Because you're never going to see them in person. And so like bullying used to be an actual physical act. So it was someone who had an advantage over another person, usually physically. And they were bullying somebody smaller than them. At least that bully still had the risk, ran the risk of like getting punched back in the face or something. And it's just not like that really anymore. And yeah, I think it's a really dangerous thing. Like this book goes on to say that there's like 160,000 kids each day that stay home from school because they've been bullied. And as I think about it, I'm like, that doesn't solve the problem because you can stay home, but you're probably going to still look at your phone and you're always going to be accessible to these cyber bullies because they can get that dig in at you on Snapchat, on Facebook, whatever. And so just how difficult it would be for kids who are getting bullied, um to have to deal with that stuff because they can hear it at school and then they go home, they're still hearing it. And then it might be the last thing that they look at before bed is some trash that people are spreading about them. But yeah, it's just a really, really difficult thing. Yeah. You can't run really. And in that same sense, my wife and I were just having like a great time talking about this topic and how weird it would be if like that, the social media etiquette still existed without social media. And like the example that, we came up with is like somebody gets a new car and they're really proud of that new car. So they're going to post a picture of it on Facebook and like, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that there's really anything wrong with that, but we were just talking about it in terms of what if Facebook didn't exist, but people still behaved that way. And so I have the ability to get on Facebook, look at someone that I haven't talked to in person in 10 years and find out that they bought a new car and how that would be if there was no Facebook so I would have to go up to that person and I would have to say hey saw you got a new car this first time I talked to him in 10 years I really like that car and they'd be like how do you know I got a new car I'd be like well I followed you to the dealership and watched you buy it and just how creeped out they would be <laughs> by that so that's like Facebook etiquette without social media and it'd just be such a weird thing to experience or You can look at it from the side of the person who's doing the posting. So they could be like, I'm going to go get a new car today. And if there was Facebook, they would just post the picture of it on Facebook. But there's not. So instead, they would have to call each and every one of their Facebook friends, 500 people, and invite them to come see them buy a car at the dealership. And just how strange that would be. But these are the interactions that we're essentially having. And then there's also the aspect of we can like stalk or follow somebody on social media and they'll never know unless we do leave a mark in the form of a like or comment that we were looking at their stuff and just like how strange that is that we have the ability to do that
1: Mm -hmm. and that is very interesting because a lot of people on social media don't really realize what they're getting themselves into because you don't have to be some high-tech creeper or some really smart, intelligent person to find out what somebody is doing at that moment. You just have to find somebody that is willing to post whatever they're doing. And it's not hard to find somebody that does that. People don't really realize that if they're posting whatever they're doing throughout the day, I mean, they don't, they don't see it as a very big deal, but it can quickly become a big deal if somebody that they're not comfortable with kind of is like, oh, hey, and maybe is following them or whatever, it can really become an issue and people don't realize exactly
0: what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, they're sharing their entire life basically or the parts that they want to share and then still for some reason want to like pick and choose who is going to interact with them on Facebook. Yes, and how
1: many how many friends do people have on Facebook that – If you saw them in real life, you would not want to talk to them. If you saw them at the store, you would try to go to another aisle really quick and hide. But yet, you're letting them see everything that you're doing on social media.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that I think is a disappointment with our younger generations, and I'm including myself in that too, is just the human interaction is going to just keep going down and down and down. and again, like reverting back to older generations. So grandpa, like you never really wanted to go with grandpa to the store because he was going to find about four people to talk to that he hadn't seen in a couple of years, yeah. but wanted to catch up with them. And we don't really run that risk anymore because we don't want to talk to anybody in person. And so, yeah, that's just like a major difference between, between us. It's true. It's very true. But yeah, this wasn't meant to be like a ramrodding of, um, generations that grew up with social media or that are utilizing social media a lot. I just think it's a we have to be aware of its effect on us. And we won't really know what its long-term effect is, obviously, until there's some research done on our generations when we're much older. Um, But do you think for you and your peers, there's positives? Maybe they're just short-term, but are there any positives to social media?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And I like to think just like any good thing, it can be easily abused and turned into a bad thing very quickly and social media is being used by so many people that of course it's going to be used in a negative way but you also have to take into account those people that are using it the right way so there's so many people that are um making others aware of the dangers to our environment the dangers of pollution I am wearing a bracelet that is made out of ocean waste. Um, People just throw pop cans, bottles in the ocean, and they pick it up and they turn them into bracelets. And the only reason I have this bracelet is because they have an Instagram account, Mm -hmm. and they make videos of the whole process and the whole thing that's going on. And I have on my phone right now is a kid who has an account on Instagram called Bucket Center. He is probably 15 or 16 years old, and he has 56,000 followers, and he breaks down every NBA player. He is a great basketball analyst, and he really became popular by treating his page like a business. He's a really good entrepreneur, and he eventually got noticed by Kevin Durant, and actually he got noticed by he was kind of hating on Kevin Durant, calling him out a little bit. Kevin Durant, they went back and forth a little bit and now his account is blowing up. He posts so many times a day and he's really professional about it. And that's just one example. And this is a kid that's younger than I am. Mm -hmm. And there's photographers that are being noticed. There's the House of Highlights page. This guy was around 22 years old, poor guy living in an apartment. He made an Instagram page where you just post highlights of random sports now he has around 12 million followers, and he has made so much money off of his Instagram business, he's actually partnered with ESPN now, Jeez. just off of that page. And if you want to see positives of social media, all you have to do is look. And if you want to see negatives of social media, you don't really even have to look. Mm-hmm. That's going to pop up. But there's goods and there's bad to, to each side of this, and... It really is up to the user of social media on whether they're going to abuse it or not. Me, personally, when I first started out with social media, I followed every single comedy page that I saw. But what I didn't realize is that they all reposted horrible things. And every once in a while, they would post something that is just not, not good for me to see, not healthy humor. And I had to unfollow all of those accounts. And the accounts that I follow now are health accounts, photography accounts, environment accounts, sports accounts, things that I'm still interested in, but they're all healthy things. And they're not having a negative impact on me. So social media today, it can influence you whichever way you really decide to allow it to. Mm-hmm. So if you can take control of this this really, this power You can use it to create healthy habits. You can learn from successful people. I can type in on YouTube successful business habits. I did it the other day. I learned that Mark Cuban reads books for three hours a day, and it seems like he wouldn't have time for that. He's a billionaire, but he does it, Mm -hmm. and I've learned that I should be waking up at 5 a.m. I'm probably not going to do that, (laughs) but I'll try. And so that's just an example of you can use this to your benefit, and you can use it for your downfall, you can abuse it, you can be creative with it, and it's all up to you. Mm-hmm. You just have to be smart, you have to be disciplined, and you cannot let it take control of your life like so many
0: people my age have. Yeah, dude, I totally agree with that because I didn't want to just touch on all the negatives of social media because I do think that there's a lot of positives, and I, I tend to agree with you on like the creative aspect of it. I think it has opened and will continue to open a lot of doors for people Um, especially, you know, like you mentioned with photography accounts and all these things, like I I have the ability to look at these amazing things whenever I want that weren't so readily available to people before us. And so it's really cool just to see how everybody is flexing their creative muscles and utilizing social media. And just like you said, you can use it properly or it can, can be negative. And I think it can be negative in a couple ways. It can be negative through the content that you're either posting yourself, if you're posting negative things, or it can be negative in um, what you're taking in. So what kind of information are you ingesting? And then it can also be a negative in how much time you're spending on it. So I could be consuming all the positive content I want on Instagram, but if I'm doing it too often or for too long of periods during the day, it's still gonna be a negative. Yep. But as long as you're not getting um, like too much of your personal value, from reactions to people on social media, then I think it really can be utilized properly. And then just making sure that you're still living a a life of a real person and not just on your phone or your computer um, the entire day either is is definitely really important. And actually, I'm thinking about, to my Instagram the other day. I talked about – well, actually, my phone's going off as this is recording – I'm thinking about, as I was reading this book, it talked about, is ignorance bliss or is knowledge power? And of course, most people are going to say knowledge is power, right? And so I posed that question. Then I realized I didn't really give enough context to it because I was reading the book and I was obviously in the in the mind frame of what I was reading. And many of the votes I was getting was knowledge is power. So I had to go back and put a little more context into it. And I thought about... Um, what that actually means for happiness. And so for happiness, do you think that people are happier? And I'll let you answer this question. Are people happier being a little ignorant in the sense of, I don't need to know what issues are going on so I can be happy that way? Or do people find happiness through increasing knowledge and being in the know, even though they're probably also learning about some negative things that are going on in the world?
1: Okay, that's a really tough one because let me break down ignorance first. Is it still considered ignorance if the stuff that you're blocking out is negative stuff? And that's, that's a really tough thing because if I'm using social media the right way and I decide to block that out, then yeah, I'd say that's ignorance because I'm blocking out a lot of valuable information. But if I'm following all these terrible comedy accounts that are posting all this trash and I block that out, that's good ignorance, I'd say. So I'd say ignorance is definitely bliss because you're avoiding all this social media. It's a positive thing if you're avoiding that bad stuff and you're just, you get the chance to go outside. You get to see things from your own perspective instead of a twisted perspective through your phone. But also, knowledge is extremely powerful and you can learn so much there's so many you know if you wanted to learn about a great leader a while back you'd have to maybe go hear him speak you might have to see him if he's on TV but now you can just look up endless videos of that leader talking and you can learn from him so yes knowledge is power but it gets to a point where you have to go experience things for yourself if your only source of knowledge is through your phone and through social media, then I'd say that's an issue. I wouldn't even treat it as my main source of knowledge. Go read a book. Go talk to your grandparents. Go talk to people who have done it for themselves, and then go do it yourself. Because knowledge is power, but doing hands-on things, experience, is power as well. And the only way to become a good leader is you don't start out as a boss. You start out as a low worker. You build your way up. You you get knocked down. You get yelled at a few times and you know how to respect others, treat other people. And that's one thing that social media really is terrible at is respecting other people. You don't respect other people's opinions on social media.
0: Mm.
1: It's just, nobody does it really. Yes. Nobody values anyone else's opinion. And that's something that is needed in the real world. We need to respect someone else's opinion if we're going to go anywhere in a debate. Otherwise, the debate just doesn't make sense if nobody re- takes in the other side of the account, you know? And that's just something that you won't experience if you're stuck on your phone all the time. So you really need to, I'd say, knowledge, start out with knowledge is power, kind of go towards ignorance is bliss, I guess once, once you get to the point where you need to go experience things for yourself, you could kind of combine those two. I guess they go hand in hand and you can really use these tools to be successful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm the same in, in the sense of, I think it is a mixture of both and it kind of depends on, um, the scenario too. So ignorance is bliss. Um, you know, Does that mean we're missing out on a lot of hurtful, negative information that's being put out so we can be happier because we're not getting that um, crammed into our heads? Or is knowledge power, and are we happy that way because we kind of maybe have a little more free will, we can make our own choices based on a larger set of information? So yeah, it's tough. I definitely think it depends on the situation and probably has to be a little mixture of both for people to really, really be happy. So as we wrap this up, Mike, I really appreciate you being on the podcast because I wanted to get your perspective as someone who's living in it now. And I think you've done a good job of even though it's really all you've known, you have been able to kind of remove yourself and look at it from above. And I think a lot of that is due to you still being willing to interact with people who have more experience, who are older, who are wiser. And so that's really cool to see as we were. I presented this idea to you, the wheels um, started to turn, and you came up with a lot of these ideas on your own and, and topics um, as well. So where are you going to go from here in your use of social media? Is it all going to be adjusted because you've actually thought about it now, or what? I'd say
1: I've been slowly adjusting to it for the past year. Um, I've been just unfollowing certain accounts one by one, and I've been following different accounts one by one I've been I've really taken photography in as a hobby I don't have a $2,000 camera I just have a cool phone and I've been I've really just seen a whole different perspective by exposing myself to these people that have an amazing gift for photography and it really has changed my view whenever I walk outside I see the beauty in so many different things and that's just an advantage of using social media the right way and also something that i've decided i decided to do a while ago is get rid of my streaks because i just felt like a robot what's and a streak a streak is on snapchat if you send a person at least one picture every day then the streak is how many days in a row oh. you've snapchatted them Girls. so a lot of my friends are like in 800 days and Dang. I know some people who have streaks with like 100 people. So obviously you don't talk to those people every day. You just send them a blank picture. And I've talked to a lot of people that have so many streaks and none of them enjoy it. And I'm like, do you feel like a robot? They say, yeah. I say, you should get rid of your streaks. And they just kind of, eh. I've, I've worked really hard on those streaks. You know, I've sent a blank picture to 200 people every day. And so I decided to get rid of those Immediately a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Tomorrow I'm getting rid of all social media. I deleted Twitter a while ago. The only times I go on Twitter now is when I get an email notification. I check that notification maybe once or twice a week then I'm done with Twitter. So tomorrow deleting Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, not going on Twitter through my email for the rest of the month so I can start the school year off right and Earlier this summer, I really I took social media off for a few days when we went on a trip to Kentucky. And when my mom first announced to all the kids going on the trip that she was going to take our phones, everybody started getting a little anxious. They're like, "Oh, I don't want to give this up." We finally gave them up. A couple hours went by. We're just we keep reaching for our phones and we, they're not there. We're like, "Oh, this sucks." Next thing you know, a couple hours later, we're we're looking around outside. We're like, "Oh, this is what the real world is like," you know. This is really nice. I don't even miss my phone anymore. I'm in, I'm enjoying the outdoors without having to take a Snapchat of it, and mm. it was it was a really cool experience. And then once we got our phones back, it was it was more of a it was actually kind of disappointing because when you first get your phone back, you're like excited. I, you're you're a little bit excited, but not as excited as you think you'd be. You'd mm. be like, oh, I don't I don't really this thing isn't as as much worth as it did. And then a couple hours later, you're back into the old habit that you mm-hmm. were in. So tomorrow, starting off fresh, I'm going to be as, as clean with social media as I was when I was like 10 years old, mm-hmm. which means no social media. And I can't wait to dive into that challenge. And I truly believe that it's I'm going to come out a lot better person, more wise. I'm going to read some books. I'm going to learn from people, not from accounts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really going to do a lot of hands-on, doing things myself, learning from my own experiences through school in this next month. And I'm really excited to dive into that.
0: Dude, that's awesome. I'm yeah. really proud of, proud of you for making that decision. I think it would be a good way to set the tone as you're going into your senior year of high school, which is really a big year in a lot of ways. Um, it, obviously, it's your last year of high school. But you want to make memories that you can have for the rest of your life. And so I think you're going to allow yourself to do that. More effectively, because you're not gonna just be documenting it through social media. You're actually gonna be participating in it during that time. Um, so you're off. You're offline for a month. Hopefully, I can still get a hold of you. I might have to send a pigeon or something or yep. a telegram. Um, letters, letters only. Letters only. All right. I got to remember mom and dad's address then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, Guys, if you could please subscribe, leave a rating and review on the iTunes app, The Cold Shower Podcast. Also, hit up the new website, coldshowergoods.com. From there, you can subscribe to our email list so that you'll get updates on all the new blogs and podcast episodes, basically any of the new content that we're coming out with. And I will let you guys in on a little secret. In September, we are going to be opening up a pre-order release for some actual goods that we're going to be offering, and so keep your eyes open for that as well. I appreciate the support, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye.